So La Pate Maison, it's on our culinary landscape here in the UAE. Award-winning kitchen. Beautiful place to go. Very popular. You have to book because you might not get a reservation. Uh, tell me what's happening on, what's on the menu today at the moment at La Pate Maison? Right now, um, my very talented chef, Rory Duncan, has just done an amazing dish, which I really love, which is a, a trout, a sea trout with uh, guacamole pickled um, mushrooms and um, olives it's oh. just to die for yeah but I my description actually does not do it justice you got to come and try it out too and to appreciate yeah. I think where the whole sort of essence of La Petite Maison so give us a bit of background I've just recently come back from France where I had an amazing time exploring different foods and you think of France you know we think of the Mediterranean we think of that being a place of great provenance um, so how La Petite Maison came about? Well actually initially I wish I could take the credit for this but La Petite Maison actually was founded by uh, in, in Nice about 21 years ago uh, by a very wonderful and quite unique lady called uh, Nicole Ruby and uh, she's she's amazing and uh, she made the high launch she is the restaurant it's a beautiful place uh, it's a place that everybody go to celebrate it's an A-list uh, meeting place for great celebrities and all and um, the food itself you know one of my favorite dishes which is the one prawns and olive oil is what blew me away and actually made me decide that i could do something with this restaurant so uh well we'll find out more about your background and what brought you to yeah. the table literally but you know when you're looking at uh, french mediterranean cuisine you're looking at the ingredients of course the artichokes courgettes lemons olives tomatoes peppers um that influence of course with italy not too far away across the border True. and you're recreating that here in the uae you've also got la petite maison in london in istanbul uh how is it working because you're based in london you're here visiting a london, chef patron yeah. Mm. Uh, so how is that when it comes to getting the best ingredients to our table here? I mean, it's. It w- to, I'll tell you, uh, Dubai four years ago was much difficult. Now it's quite easy. And um, initially it was difficult for us because we, I, at one point I had to fly everything in from London. But now you have such a great import uh, system that allows you to get whatever you want, most, mostly anyway. And um, I must say, it's made it Dubai very more exciting now. And actually, the more produ- I get more produce here than sometimes I get in London because I get produce from Australia, you know. So it's... It's a gateway. Good. Yeah, it's a gateway. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't yeah. it? Uh, and coming up, of course, we have the holy month of Ramadan, and La Petite Maison is marking that with iftar. So um, some of the dishes that you might be sharing at that time, uh, what you're looking forward to uh, during that uh, period, uh, as when it comes to the restaurant. Yeah, I mean, this will be, I think, our fourth Ramadan in the UAE, and what we've actually establishes like we, we do dates and soup, which is complimentary when people come in. We keep the menu the same. But um, we try as much as possible to make uh, people fasting very comfortable and very homey for them as well. So, And because, uh, again, the sort of clientele, you're really representing the UAE across uh, the nationalities. And yeah. I know many locals, many people love to, to visit La Petite Maison. Absolutely. And great travellers, so they, they may know of it from the south of France, from London, from Istanbul, but now it's on our doorstep at yeah. DIFC. True. Tell us about you, Chef Raphael, and how you discovered food as a profession. Why and where you got this love and passion for food? 
Well, I would like to say, uh, maybe say that I, I grew up around food, but that's not true. Um, I'm what you call an accidental chef. Um, I moved to England when I was 13, and I went to boarding school. And one of the first, I wanted a summer job. And the first thing I did was to become a chambermaid, which I was terrible at. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I was sent down to the kitchen as a potter, washing pans and pot. And um, you didn't put that on your CV. I then. didn't put I that one. <laughs> chambermaid for a season. I saved that for moments like this. <laughs> we like to but get anyway, the secrets from the chefs. Yeah, but anyway, not to. I, I did that and then I was sent downstairs to help the help in the kitchen washing pans and pots. And over the summer I kept going back and I found myself helping with the vegetables and cutting the vegetables. And one day the chef did not turn up. I says, I think I could do this. And I did it and I got so much compliment and says, You should really become a chef. I said, Never. Never. Social life is terrible and all that. And um but finally I got gone to university did my degree. Well, you did it. Was it in engineering? Yeah, you were going engineering, to do a, have exactly. a career in true, engineering. True. Yeah. So I, then I kind of had this temper insanity to become a chef. <laughs> so Similarities. The rest is history. That sort of technical mind. I'll tell you what. Uh, it's been really helpful because I'm, when I, I build, I'm very, like building blocks. Even with my food, it's like building blocks. And that's what I do. It's, and I guess that's where the consistency comes in. There's a fact that there's a, there's a, there's a method to everything that we do. How interesting. Yeah. So uh, from there, as, a, as that sort of young man who's sort of venturing into the world At of the age of 27, probably <laughs> young. Oh, really? Yeah? <laughs> I switched career at the age of 27. Oh, that's incredible. Yeah. So well, you were an engineer then. You actually qualified yeah, and became I, I, an engineer. Yeah, yeah. I was a bad one though, obviously. <laughs> Good at it. <laughs> so where did you work first? Uh, I worked at Amstrad. Oh, okay. And... Um, which does not exist and I wonder why probably because of me <laughs> <laughs> and what were you what were you enjoying then as uh, when you started out as a chef uh, what was the foods what were the dishes that you were leaning towards I, I, I was I tell you what I was very lucky to be uh, under the wings of a, a very famous chef which is uh, Pierre Kaufman and I always said that if one day I turn out good is because I had a great teacher and if I don't I was just a bad student and I have to say that I was, I was with every disappointment comes a, a blessing and uh, the initial way I wanted to go in becoming a chef for some reason didn't work out and I stumbled into his kitchen and I must say I was very blessed so and you were there for five years I worked yeah five years probably I'm the second I probably the first actually that I've ever worked so long for him. I worked five years. No one has ever really worked five years for him. Maybe Eric Chavot. Wow. The second person I ever did. So Incredible. Yeah. So from there, you uh, went on to work in Mayfair. You were executive sous chef at Sketch in Mayfair. And then... Yeah, for a short period of time, uh, for about six months, um, I was at Sketch. And, and how uh, did that compare? Well, you know what? Wherever you go, you learn. And I... I learned a lot working there. Um, unfortunately, it was quite a brief uh, stay, which probably the shortest in my career. And um, I had an opportunity to go work at Zuma, and I worked at Zuma for three years after that. 
So it's quite that's interesting, isn't it? Because you've you're also I, I know a lot of chefs do this, but you're kind of spreading your wings there over different culinary genres. True, and actually, you know, I mean, you have to remember that when I said I was 27, so. I didn't really have the time that other people had, you know. People started when they were 15 or so. So whatever pe- what people did in 10 years, I had to do it in four years. So what I did when I started off was I, I worked from Monday to Friday in a three-star. And on Saturday and Sunday, I worked in a Japanese restaurant. So for two years, it was like I was lost. My mom prayed for me every night saying that I hope my, <laughs> my son became sane again. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and, and so obviously... I kind of a flair for Japanese food as well. I kind of fell in love with Japanese food, but I knew that what I really wanted to do was not being Japanese as well, was more French than anything else. And to actually marry those two together. And I love the philosophy of, you know, what the Japanese say, you know, food should be like a naked body, should never hide an imperfection. And I think this is something, I marry that with the, the French technique. And I think it's worked so well for me so far. So as always, a chef and like an artist there, you know, you have to just keep doing it, doing it, doing it, trying it and and creating and creating and creating. And through that kind of craziness, if you like, sense suddenly comes to the surface and uh, and you know amazing food is put at table talking to chef Raphael Dantoy uh, of La Petite Maison who is chef patron uh, visiting here from London to uh, La Petite Maison in DIFC and uh, sharing some of his insights his vision when it comes to food uh, from where he came from up to where he is today and the future now is it right that La Petite Maison is going to open in Abu Dhabi true yeah that's true. True. Is that all you're going to say? True. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, you know what? It's been a question that I've been asked for a while now, and uh, it's one of those things we thought really hard about because why open a restaurant an hour, 20 minutes away from Dubai? And I have to say that Abu Dhabi itself has its own culture, its own life, and, and the way the city is going right now and the plans for Abu Dhabi, why not? Why not? And at the same time, why don't you do something and try and make it unique from what we have? I mean, the Dubai restaurant is great, but also I think there's got to be something different about Abu Dhabi. So, And that's what we're trying to achieve right now. And the fact that we're going to open one in Miami first allows us to be able to do that with uh, Abu Dhabi. Okay, so yeah. Miami will open first yeah. later this year yeah. and then Abu Dhabi. Yeah, absolutely. Interesting. So for people who haven't been to La Petite Maison, hold our hand and guide us through the doors and what you see and what you can expect. Firstly, the thing I think out of what I enjoy to hear, what I most l- happy to hear when people walk into LPM is like, it's like being out of Dubai. It's like being in Europe. Mm. And I think it's like, you know, open the curtain and just seeing something different, being in another world. And um, and for those who have never been to um, LPM uh, Dubai, I would say, you know, the first thing you actually encounter is a long bar, you know. And after that, it opens into a very tiny restaurant. No, not you. <laughs> um, but it's buzzy, isn't it's it? It's buzzy. It's and, very and, buzzy. And, and the staff are like yeah, really absolutely. energized. Yeah, and, and you have like lemons on the table, yeah, olive oil, yeah. tomatoes, yeah. you know, something that gives you a feel of South of France. Yeah. And um, and when it comes to the menu itself and the and the cocktails, it's, it's very simple. And, um, and what we believe in LPM is that simplicity 
it's all about simplicity and uh, the idea of not having to do much with the food and actually just trying to get the best out of the product. So that's what LPM is all about. That's so true. Yeah. Talk us through some of the other dishes that are on the menu okay. at the moment. My favorite dish is actually a dish that I had nothing to do with. Why is it my favorite dish? Is because you have little technique. You don't really have to do much with it. It's be- getting the best ingredients, you know, getting the best prawns you can find available, the best olive oil you can find, some basil, you know, and that's all it is. And for me, this is mind-blowing. And then we have also the burrata, which, you know, I have to actually shift in by tons now. Well, <laughs> I was going to say, burrata, yeah. you know, and getting that right yeah. to get the taste experience yeah. that, that, that it should be. Yeah. And that can be a challenge. So you've, 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 hit, you've sort of struck gold with it, have you? We have. And actually, you know, you get it. I can, in every restaurant now, you find burrata. Mm. Um, actually, funnily enough, I've actually taken off the menu right now because the quality we're getting, especially this time of the year with the heat and everything, has not been kind to us. But it's something we're actually working to bring back on the menu pretty soon. And how do you serve that? Are you doing oh, it? Oh, it's like, very simple. Yeah. Just with uh, detourine tomatoes, which are like little cherry tomatoes, almost small anyway, uh, a bit of sweet vinegar, and salt and pepper with basil on top of it. Very simple. Oh, just yeah. fabulous. Yeah. Uh, Pan-fried cod. Now, talk us through this. Uh, served with comfort potato, chestnut mushrooms, and you've got your baby spinach, garlic, red chilli, and the list goes on there. True. Uh, this is a dish that was actually um, created by um, a very young chef that's been with me for about five years now. More than five years, actually. Seven years now. And honestly, it's like being a father, a proud father. <laughs> um, it's so simple. It's a nice fillet of cod, which has been actually uh, paste with a bit of uh, honey mustard, uh, pan-fried, served with um, um, slowly cooked potatoes, um, spinach, chestnut mushroom, which has uh, really been sauteed in the pan, and a touch of lemon juice with a bit of chili. But it's heavenly. It's so popular. La Petite Maison, DIFC. So yeah. you have, I think, uh, the last time I went, it's two sittings, is that right? Or how you do your reservations? We, uh, uh, yeah, unfortunately, we um, yes, it's two sittings. It is two. Um, and that's the only way we actually can cater for the demand. And see, it's a demand. Uh, people get pretty upset when we cannot fit them in. And we have to try and please everybody. So, so how many covers, then, do you get through on, of an evening? Um we can go up to about 320 covers. For lunch, we, the most we've ever done, I think, is about 180. No, sorry, I lie. I think about 200. Yeah. Mm. yeah. But what is nice is you can always take your dessert, your coffee, and go and sit at the bar or yeah. sit outside in As cooler I, climates. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, and, it, it's that, and it's very much that kind of sharing culture as well, which I love. Because sharing is caring. <laughs> you know, this is very important. And I think also in the Middle East, I thought it was much easier for us to do this. Because it's where, you know, everybody wants everything on the table and a piece of this, a bit of that. And also, I think that's what food should be like. It shouldn't be just like your, your starter, your main, and your dessert. I always wonder, what's on other people's plate? I want to taste what's on other people's plate. And this is where you get the opportunity to actually try everything right in front of you and share. You know. 
I wonder how you feel about that. Let me know on 4001. How do you feel when somebody reaches over with their piece of bread and dips into your dish uh, or just says, excuse me, can I try? Are you somebody that likes that? Are you somebody that offers what's on your plate to others? Um, Do you, when ordering, like to get a sharing, uh, get sharing together, picking in different dishes that we can all get together and eat? Let me know your thoughts on that because I know many people love to share, but some people can be a little bit like, I've ordered this, I want this. know your thoughts on 4001 um what about desserts then la petite maison what are we uh i'm thinking a tart tatan maybe is that there i don't know you know we always say it's how you finish the race <laughs> <laughs> so it's very important and i there's no point you know running 100 meters and you run for the first 90 meters you've done great and then you, <laughs> you fall through in the last <laughs> so I think it's really important because I think that's especially one of those last things you think about and like the food itself the dessert is very simple but very precise and um, we, I, we've been very su- successful because we at least 70% of the of the of of, uh, of the customers have desserts right and that is a great achievement yeah <laughs> But again, you know, it's not, we're not talking through all these ingredients and dishes to say, you mm. know, eat in abundance. It's about eating well. Yeah. And, you know, when those ingredients are good and when the food tastes great, mm. it's not necessarily huge portions that, you know, it's up to you, but it's about True. exploring all those tastes, the palate. True. And so it's very nice, particularly if you are having a special occasion or, or whenever, if you wish, to have something sweet at the end of your meal. Absolutely. You know, for me, for example, if I don't have something sweet at the end of my meal, I just keep eating. I need a closure. <laughs> That's a good point, actually. Yeah, closure. <laughs> so, uh, just looking at texts coming in, Chef, and uh, one person here saying, uh, "Well, Eleanor's saying good morning to Eleanor, fan of the show." She's saying Joey doesn't share food. Okay, so you know sometimes people don't like to share. They know what they want and they stick with it. And someone here is saying, I went to La Petite Maison on my birthday this year with my husband. The tiramisu was heavenly and so light. One of the best I've ever had. It was a lovely experience. Thank you. Thank you. We'll see you soon. <laughs> but that, and let yourself be known. <laughs> but, you know, lovely to have the compliment. But, of course, that's a chef feeling I've done my job well and that you know the tiramisu is a popular dessert across many restaurants True. so what's your key to your tiramisu well you know what I like to take the credit for this but I have a very brilliant chef Dominic Ufat and you know when he initially told me he wanted to put tiramisu in the in the in a, I, I was hesitant but he says you know what Raphael you taste it it's LPM it's really LPM I said why because it's just got that LPM twist and I must say, when I tasted it, I was blown away. So basically, instead of having to do the traditional tiramisu, what we did, we, we actually introduced strawberries into it. And also, with the mascarpone, put, put white chocolate in it. And I think that took it to another level. The traditionalists might not agree with me. Oh, I've actually, actually, I remember initially when I gave it to my sommelier, where it was very Italian, and it's Italian in many ways. It says, you know, hmm. I'm not sure. 
But a week later, it says, you know what? You won me over. So. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little teaspoon into the tiramisu yeah, every day, yeah, every day, and acquired the taste <laughs> for it. Yeah. And I love the idea that as chefs, you know, this is what you're doing, the passion yeah. for it. But of course, you're sharing ideas. And that when somebody comes to you and say, yeah, but, you know, try it, chef, because this has LPM all over it. So even the, the, your connection with what La Petite Maison stands for and, yeah. and where the, you know, the provenance of that brand comes from. Mm-hmm. True. You know, I always believe that, you know, when we have people come to the restaurant, I want you to leave thinking, where else can I have this? And I want you to think about La Petite Maison. You know, I love Asian food and I crave for Asian food. And what we try to do with LPM as well is that we want you to crave for the food, whether it be the olive oil and lemon juice and, uh, and sorry, the, the prawns and olive oil and lemon juice, whether it be the burrata, whether it be the, uh, the scallop, uh, thin sliced scallop, carpaccio. Um, we want you to co- go, go away thinking, where else can I have this? And I want you to come back to La Petite Maison. And also, I think food should be, you, the first time you, you have your first bite, you want to have, oh, I can't wait to have the second bite. That's when you know you got a winner. And this is what we try to do. And I think also, it's also important, not only the food, but the whole experience, you know, the way you're welcoming and everything. And I think it's very important that you're greeted well, a lot of warmth in the restaurant, and we want you to feel like you're at home. And also, the secret to what we do is like, we don't play around too much with our food because once you look at it, it says, I can do this at home. So it becomes an everyday thing. Chef Raphael, it's been an absolute pleasure. pleasure. Please promise you'll come and see me again here on the Thursday brunch. Uh, for now, Chef Raphael Dantoy of La Petite Maison, uh, Chef Patron, we wish you and your team all the very best. Thank, thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank, thank you so you. much. Thank you. And thank you for being easy on me. <laughs> <laughs> the first thing he said when he walked in was, please be easy on me. I've never done this before. It's a breeze. It's thank a breeze. You. We're very kind. Thank you. <laughs>